Welcome to Paul Martin's Catholic Podcast. I'm Paul Martin. I used to be a Presbyterian, then Pentecostal lay preacher. After studying the Bible and church history afresh, I converted to Catholicism in December 2017. And I've talked about a lot of different topics in my podcast. I've even done a podcast on the rosary of why Catholics pray the rosary and the meaning and biblical basis for each of these prayers. So I'm not going to be repeating that in today's podcast, but I'm going to talk about a more specific topic, and that is in defense of the luminous mysteries of the rosary. When I first converted to Catholicism, I had many Protestants who were anti-Catholic were doing everything they could to undermine my faith in the Catholic Church and in its authority and magisterium and to cause doubt in our practices. What I wasn't so prepared for was the many radical traditionalist Catholics who did the exact same thing. They attacked and bashed Pope Francis and the church authority and the church magisterium, just as many Protestants did. And just as many Protestants mocked and ridiculed the rosary, radical traditionalists, while they didn't mock the rosary as a whole, I did come across some who really detested the luminous mysteries of the rosary. So let's look briefly at the rosary. The Rosary is a collection of 20 mysteries, the joyful, the luminous, the sorrowful, and the glorious, of which five each. The joyful mysteries look at the birth and early life of Jesus. The luminous mysteries look at the ministry of Jesus. So it's the baptism of Jesus, where the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were present there. Christ's manifestation at Cana, where he turned water into wine, and Mary interceded to get Jesus to perform a miracle. The third is the proclamation of the kingdom of God. The fourth is the transfiguration. And the fifth is the institution of the Eucharist. And the baptism of Jesus, the fruit of that mystery, is I desire to fulfill my baptismal promises. Christ's manifestation at Cana, the fruit of that mystery is, I desire to do whatever Jesus says. The proclamation of the kingdom of God is, I seek God's forgiveness and reconciliation. The transfiguration, the fruit of the mystery is, I desire to become a new person in Christ. And then the institution of the Eucharist is, I desire active participation in Mass. This is then followed by the sorrowful mysteries, which are the death of Christ and his lead up to his death, his agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, being whipped, uh, crowned with thorns, dragging his cross to Golgotha and then the crucifixion. And then it's finally followed by the glorious mysteries, which is the resurrection of Jesus, his ascension into heaven and the descent of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the mystery of the resurrection is faith, the ascension is hope, and the descent of the Holy Spirit is love. So faith, hope, and love. 
followed by the last two, the assumption of Mary into heaven and the coronation of Mary as Queen of Heaven. Now that brings us back to the fact that the Luminous Mysteries, I admit they came very, very recently, 2002. Whereas the other three, the Joyful, the Sorrowful and the Glorious Mysteries, were used back in the 1200s. So let's look briefly at the history of the Rosary. In the 3rd and 4th century AD, the Desert Fathers used knotted prayer ropes that were used throughout early Christianity. And Eastern Orthodox and Coptic Christians still have prayers in knotted ropes, similar to the Rosary. So the Rosary was not a brand new thing that just jumped on the scene in the 1200s. There were forms of the Rosary and there were devotional styled prayers similar to the Hail Holy Queen or the Hail Mary that we used long before that time. And in the 9th century AD there were various forms of the Rosary that existed. So that was about almost 200 years before St Dominic's time. And then in the early 1200s, St. Dominic was trying to convert the Albigensians or Cathari to Catholicism. Now, who were the Albigensians? They were a Gnostic sect that was once known as the Paulicians in Armenia. They made their way to Bosnia and the Balkans where they were known as the Bogomols. And then they spread their cancerous religion to Germany, Italy and France and, they, and even Britain. They reached there by boat. They got flogged and sent away. But they really got very, very well established in France. And in southern France there were areas where they were starting to become the majority religion. And they were dangerous for society because they encouraged suicide, they encouraged degeneracy, they encouraged sexual immorality. And any government worth its salt will outlaw things that are destructive to society, like drugs and whatever. They encouraged suicide and they taught that Jesus never had a physical body, that he was just a spirit being. And this religion was spreading widely and people like St. Dominic were trying to convert them to Catholicism and getting nowhere. And in the around about 1208 or somewhere around about that time, St. Dominic, we're told, had an apparition of Mary. And Mary told him to pray the Marian Psalter, which was a collection of 150 Hail Marys. And the 150 is the same number as the 150 Psalms, divided into groups of 10 Hail Marys by an Our Father prayer. And she told him these prayers and should focus on, to convert the Albigensians, he, he was to focus on Christ's life that the aspects of his life that contradicted the Albigensian Gnostic heresy 
and thy word, the joyful, the sorrowful, and the glorious mysteries. The joyful mysteries because they're about the incarnation and Jesus having a physical body. And that was to debunk the big heresy of the Albigensians of the time. Whereas Jesus' baptism or his transfiguration or instituting the Eucharist were not as vitally important at that time for refuting Gnosticism. So it was to do focus on the joyful mysteries, the incarnation. He was to focus on the sorrowful mysteries again. It was about Jesus being physically flogged, having a crown of thorns and having to drag a cross and then be crucified. That's about Jesus having a physical body and feeling physical pain. And then the glorious mysteries are about his resurrection and that he was physically resurrected and without that our faith is vain. So for a very specific purpose, the Marian Psalter was given to St. Dominic to deal with a heresy at the time. And in 1213 AD, there was a war between 1,500 Catholics and an Albigensian army of 30,000. And after praying the Rosary, those Catholics fought the Battle of Muret and Saint Dominic was there, Simon de Montfort, they prayed hard and the Albigensians partied hard because they said it doesn't matter what sexual or immoral sins you commit, they're irrelevant. And the Albigensians, despite heavily outnumbering the Catholics, were defeated. The Catholics were victorious. And the Albigensian religion went into an irreversible decline after that time. And then in 1458, there was Dominic of Prussia. He was a monk who influenced many people into having the rosary, not just as prayers, as St. Dominic had done, but as meditations on the life of Christ. So the rosary evolved and changed slightly and put a focus on meditations. And then around about 1460, Blessed Alan Delaroche promoted the rosary and it spread widely. And then finally, more than two and a half centuries after St. Dominic and a century after Alan Delaroche, there was a papal bull called Consuverant Romani Pontificus and it was officially approved of the rosary by Pope Pius V. And two years later, there was the 1571 Battle of Lepanto, where a group of Catholic nations, heavily outnumbered by the Turks, prayed the rosary, and the Pope got the nations to pray the rosary, and they inflicted a devastating defeat on the Muslim Turks. And from that time on, the rosary was seen as very, very vital and important for prayer. 
And then the same Virgin Mary that appeared to Saint Dominic and gave him those three mysteries of the rosary appeared in 1917 to three shepherd children at Fatima in Portugal. Our Lady of Fatima told these three children to add a prayer to each decade of the rosary. So what the rosary was, it wasn't set in stone, it again went for its next evolving and change to add the Fatima prayer. And the Fatima prayer is, O oh my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of your mercy. Amen. And in 1930, the Catholic Church officially approved of the apparitions at Mary, of Mary that had been seen at Fatima. And so many people then began adding the Fatima prayer to the end of each decade of the Rosary. And then finally, in 2002, Pope John Paul II decided that it would be good to emphasise the ministry of Jesus. He didn't make it absolutely compulsory, but he said we must add these five luminous mysteries that focused on the ministry of Jesus. And he wrote that in his apostolic letter, Rosarium Virginis Mariae, on October the 16th, 2002. I say it's not compulsory because praying the rosary is not compulsory. It's optional. But he added those five new mysteries. My question is, how important is it to add those aspects. Well, I got out my calculator and I got out the Gospels and I went and calculated the chapters of the, of the Gospels that look at each of the mysteries of the Rosary. So the birth or early life of Jesus, his ministry, and then his death or the lead up to his death from the garden of the agony in the garden of Gethsemane to his death followed by the resurrection or the glorious mysteries and where it overlaps in a single chapter I just divided that chapter in half so here's how it goes the gospel of Matthew has 28 chapters 7 0.1% of it, or two chapters, are about the birth. 84%, or 23 and a half chapters, are about the ministry of Jesus. 1.5 chapters, or 5.3%, has to do with his death. And one chapter, or 3.5%, deals with his resurrection. The Gospel of Mark doesn't cover the birth of Jesus. The ministry covers 84.3%, his death is 9.3% and his resurrection is 6.25%. The Gospel of Luke is divided into 24 chapters, two chapters on his birth which is 8.3%. His ministry is 81 and a quarter percent 
or 19.5 chapters. And his death is 6.25%. His resurrection takes up one chapter or 4.16%. And then in the Gospel of John, which is 21 chapters, his birth is about half a chapter. That is the first half of John chapter 1, the incarnation, 2.3%. His ministry is 16 and a half chapters, which is 78.5%. And his death and resurrection is two chapters each at 9.5% each. So the grand total of all four Gospels put together, it's 89 chapters. The birth is 4.5 chapters or 5%. The ministry of Jesus is 73 chapters, which is 82%. And his death and, and the lead up is about 6.5 chapters, which is 7.3%. And the resurrection is 5 chapters at 5.6%. So that, my friends, is the summary. We see that 82% of the Gospels deal with the ministry of Jesus. That was what the Holy Spirit inspired Matthew, Mark, Luke and John to spend the bulk of their Gospels talking about it. So there is no reason why we should not meditate and focus on the ministry of Jesus. What St. Dominic got was a specific set of mysteries whose original primary purpose was to debunk the Albigensian Gnostics. And we should continue to have those three mysteries, but there's no reason why we cannot also have the luminous mysteries as well. So, in conclusion, the Rosary was not a static prayer formula that was set in stone. Rather, it is a powerful, dynamic prayer formula that was developing centuries before St. Dominic and it's continued to develop and evolve long before John Paul II added the Luminous Mysteries. And the same radical traditionalists who are happy to add the Fatima prayer to the Rosary are hypocrites if they say that we can't add the Luminous Mysteries. Well, be consistent. St. Dominic was given the, to focus on the mysteries of the Incarnation or the birth, the death and physical suffering of Jesus and the physical resurrection of Christ in order to refute the Gnosticism of the Albigensians of medieval France. And the same Catholic Church that had the authority to add the Filioque Clause to the Nicene Creed used its same authority to add the Fatima prayer and the Luminous Mysteries to the Rosary. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 tells us that the Church is the pillar and foundation of truth. The Nicene Creed says that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father. And the Catholic Church added that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. They did this because John the Baptist was full of the Holy Spirit and he said, 
I baptise you with water, but he is coming who will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Jesus said the Father would send the Holy Spirit, which he did, but Jesus also breathed on the disciples and said, Receive you the Holy Spirit. And Jesus baptised them with the Holy Spirit. So the church concluded that it was fair to say that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. And furthermore, the luminous mysteries are an edifying and powerful focus on the ministry of Jesus and our desire to have him as Lord and Saviour. The Gospels spend 82% of their chapters talking about the ministry of Jesus and that is not in any way to trivialise the birth, death and resurrection of Jesus but simply to say we can also have these mysteries of the Rosary. And when Catholics first started saying to me, oh, you don't need the luminous mysteries, I started to have doubts. And I thought, no, who am I going to listen to? A few cranks who don't like any change at all? Or the pillar and foundation of truth, the magisterium of the church? which felt fit to add things to the rosary, such as the Fatima prayer and the luminous mysteries. So, God bless you. Thank you for listening. And I'd encourage you all each Thursday to focus on the luminous mysteries of Jesus. God bless. <laughs>